0: And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have festival respect, the second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable.
1: Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Pascal. How you doing, Paz? What's up, Gav? Good, mate. Good. First game of the season down. Three points in the bag. Excellent first half. Not a good second half. So let's get stuck into it. Um, let's start at the very beginning. Um, the lineup. It was. Uh, we did say that we couldn't really predict this lineup. Too easily, but I think one thing we didn't see coming was uh, Partey at, uh, at right back,
0: right? Oh no, yeah, yeah, that 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 came as a, a bit of a shock. Um, obviously, when um, when I thought about it, it, it kind of made sense in some respects, but it it did come as a shock. It did come as a shock that one. I, yeah, I agree with you. When you look back, it does.
1: I mean, we knew the day before that Gabriel was carrying a knock, right? We said it on the pod uh, yeah. that we'd heard he was carrying a knock and we didn't know if he was going to make the squad. He did make the squad. I think he probably could have played, but I think this gave Arteta an excuse to mm. basically get Partey, Rice and Havertz in the same team and allow him uh, Havertz to play in midfield.
0: It seems like it. Um, also, maybe there was an element of thought um, of the inverted thing uh, we, we know Timber is, is obviously excellent at covering that left back but he doesn't really play the inverted side of things as as what Sinchenko does and perhaps the, the thinking was party will provide that um, because obviously midfield is his natural position uh, so yeah um, the Gabriel thing made sense because of what the knock I know they said it was tactical but you know, I can kind of probably see. a bit
1: of both, right? I mean, he, he, yeah, I think the knock basically gave Arteta the gave Arteta the shove he needed to to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, and we're talking about a guy who's played, you know, numerous consecutive games. It's seventy-three. Normal. It was seventy-three
1: consecutive. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, you know, if anyone's due some form of rest, especially coming off a slight injury, it would be him.
1: Yeah, and it's a game you can mess around a bit in. I mean, Nottingham Forest last year, at the their, their away record actually was so bad, it was the second worst away record in the history of the Premier League last season. Did you know
0: that? No, I, I didn't know it was in the history of the Premier League, but I knew that. Their record the history of the Premier League it was the yeah, and that's worst. saying a lot because you know, was Derby the worst? Derby was
1: the worst, yeah. Good games, <laughs> any, any bad record is them or Sunderland, you know, uh,
0: exactly. One. Exactly. I mean, that you know, like you said, if you you know, we talked about experimentation, he's been doing that all preseason. We thought this would be the kind of game you could see him do that. Um, I I know you had actually um, predicted Enketia playing up front. I thought it would be Harberts to be honest, but again, I think it goes back to your point of incorporating all three, and that was a way he saw to do it. Yeah,
1: I think he.
0: I just think he wanted with with that game being
1: a game that we should win. I think he wanted Havertz in that midfield role. Right, the more you, mm-hmm. the, more, the better you get at something. He's by by doing it more. Right, Gary Player said, "The harder I practice, the luckier I get." And that, mm. that's kind of what it is. The more he does it, the better he's going to get at it. Um, so it made sense to me. And and to be honest, I think it worked. That first half, I thought we were excellent. I, I really did. I thought we were brilliant in that first half. And I think Partey inverting from the right worked an absolute treat.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I'm also on, on, on your line of thinking in terms of how we played in the first half. I think, you know, opening game of the season, there's always... Um, People can be slightly hyperbolic after results or performances on the first game of the season. The, the important thing is always just to get that result. But I thought the first half we actually dominated them. We were two nil up. We played some really good football at the time. Um, I, I, I didn't see anything wrong. I thought that that kind of indicated his selection, to be honest, because we were we were we were bossing that game completely.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's go for a couple of minutes. I mean, the first chance was actually their chance, and it was one of them weird ones mm-hmm. where Saliba and White found themselves the wrong way round. Um, and it was it was really, I don't know, I don't know what happened there. It was weird, but Saliba got the header, got it away. The guy headed it back in. And, I mean, one the one Forest forward was offside, and I think they were playing him offside, and Brennan Johnson just ran in between the two of them, and he clearly wasn't offside, and got on the got on the end of it. I don't think that's just something that happens, right? Like you see that weird stuff happen all the time.
0: Yeah, and I I didn't. I it it, it was what It was kind of fortuitous. I think. Um, yeah, maybe you could put a slight a portion of blame to lack of concentration in the defensive side, but I don't think it's one where you look at and you think it's a catastrophic error. It just looked like it was. Quite fortuitous, fortuitous on their side, and it was also fortuitous that it was Brandon Johnson that went on went on to it rather than maybe the guy who came... did he come on? He came on, didn't he? Um, One scored. I, I can't are pronounce we, his are, name. Are we? Are
1: we, are we yeah, are we?
0: yeah. I think he's a better finisher. Yeah. Than, uh, than Johnson.
1: Too. He should should stop scoring against us, really. I, I know,
0: I know, I know. It, it, maybe maybe it's someone we could look at, but um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Brandon Johnson. He's he, he's kind I of. Think he looks like a good player.
1: Um Brennan Johnson. I'm not yeah. sure that he was given the given the best of roles. Like I don't think it suits him to be the lone man up top in a game where they don't have the ball.
0: Yeah, and, and with not just, you know, with any big team that these these smaller teams play against. We saw it with um we saw it obviously today, it was very evident. Um, but um, with the Man United Wolves game, um, but we even saw it with the city game as well, burley You you they have to take the chance. They've got to because they will be punished. And you could, you could feel as a fan, as an Arsenal fan, when they miss that chance, you think, I don't think they're going to get many more now. So we can really, you know, start uh, putting the foot on the gas a bit and start start getting into this game. Um, but that was, a, that was a really good chance, actually. It was, if he had a bit more composure, I think we would have been one down. I think we're going to concede goals, though,
1: right? The way we defend, how high we push, we leave two at the back a lot. Man City Mm -hmm. do the same thing. We are going to concede Mm -hmm. goals. Like Man City could have conceded two on Friday night. But, you know, Burnley had chances. We are going to give teams chances. Like like we just are. It's the way we play. Um, We concede more goals at home than we do away. And it's not – there's nothing – there's no secret sauce about it. We push high and we're susceptible to one long ball over the top. I mean, this was a bit different because we'd won a header and it was a header coming back in. I think we were playing offside. But I think we are going to concede goals and it's fine as long as we score more.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, and obviously, we would need to be a little bit more tight on concentration against the bigger clubs because the Man City's the... Uh... It's a different game, though, isn't it, against the bigger clubs? Yeah. You know I, I, mean? like I think You play you, you, a different game. Yeah, you, you're going to play a different game. You're going to be a little, I think you're going to be, you're just hardwired to be concentrated in that game anyway. Um, but yeah, we will. We'll concede chances. We will, there will be more openings like that. Um, but the good thing was, was that was really their clear-cut opportunity, besides obviously what we'll talk about later on was the goal. Um, but that's it really from them. Um, so, you know, I thought we 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 dealt with that pretty well, considering we were the most dominant team um, on the ball.
1: I think we had 87% of the possession at half time like it was really yeah. all we we just absolutely dominated and I thought we moved the ball well we moved from side to side well I thought Martinelli was absolutely fantastic mm. um let's let's run through the let's run through the first goal real quick because that was all about Martinelli winning the ball back then he takes on his man he he faints like he's going to knock it back and inside and he takes on his man instead the little double drag back with a back heel I'm pretty sure he meant that because he didn't go chasing after it I think he actually meant that um, it was a nice turn inside from Eddie shot on target I mean you it, it was a nice goal
0: yeah it was a good goal um, um, Martinelli, obviously the skill he meant that he was he was a thorn in the backside throughout like, most of the game actually Martin he was really he played a really good game I thought and he's also very defensively switched on which I like about him he always tracks back he's always Uh, helping out um, but I thought that was a wonderful bit of skill and credit to Eddie he took it well took a bit of a deflection I think which kind of um, wrong-footed Turner but I, 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 I like that from Eddie I like that because you know that that's a part of his game you want to see a bit more of where he'll take it on take the shot on you know he's known more as a poacher where he's just lurking around that that goal against United is kind of indicative of what you you think of it with Eddie where he's just at the end of the the last ball in, but to actually take it on, shift it onto his right foot, bang it in. I, you you want to see that more from him and credit to him because I know Arteta at the end had some really good positive remarks to say about him. So um, I, I thought it was a very well-taken goal.
1: Yeah, I thought he played well in that first half. He came back yeah. and received the ball, was shown for it. The second half, I think he... will come on the second, obviously, but I think mm. he got lost in that second yeah. half. I really do think he got lost. And I thought... And we'll come onto our substitutions or lack of as well, um, mm. but I thought it was a mistake to leave him on because I think the game had passed him by and it was time for the change and he didn't do it. But I thought that first half, I thought he he had a he had a really good really good game.
0: No, I agree. I think he did, and I think um, I I it's what he needed. You know, he's um, yeah. We've 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 had our remarks about Eddie more on ability, not on his attitude not on his approach but to the game to, that,
1: game to that point don't you think Eddie needs goals more than anyone else like Jesus can go five games without scoring and we'll go well that's fine look at what else he does I think with yeah. Eddie Eddie has to score
0: he has to score yeah um and I think when he does well you know and he's not got a terrible goal scoring record for us I guess you know you you would expect a little bit more because of the fact that he is more of a more of a, a a potent threat goal scoring wise than you would say perhaps Jesus. But he he's um he's definitely someone who is valued highly by Arteta, it seems, especially by the comments he made and to play him. I I did not think he was going to play him, but I think this is going to be a trend throughout the whole season where what I think is <laughs> not what, what he's gonna put out. So um I, I was I was happy for him. Happy he got his car.
1: And then the second goal was uh, an absolute peach. Saliba again. We The press was suffocating in that mm. first half. I mean, yeah, that is was. probably, I think that is the best pressing football I've seen us play under our tower. I think that yeah. is the best we've been. Every time they got the ball, we absolutely suffocated them and we were getting it back instantly. Saliba wins it back. Little one-two with Partey knocks it inside to Saka. Saka comes inside, opens up his body, and you knew, what as soon as he opened his body up, you knew where that was going.
0: We saw the a la trick that he does when he shifts it onto the left and whips in a, a curling shot in. Beautiful goal. Beautiful, beautiful goal. And, uh, you know, this is what we're going to probably see more of. But no surprise for us, because we've been talking about him all pre-season as one of the players that we think is going to gonna shine even more this season and then lo and behold first game of the season he goes and smacks a world class goal in i am, i I, again the saliba thing the contributions this is what we we've been talking about has been missed um we we were all over them we were all over and then we had the defenders that i mean party we know is more you know is more a midfielder but he was playing the inverted then you have ben white who we know can press you got timbers pressing saliba's there It's like the perfect ingredients to just press a team like Nottingham Forest. We had it totally, totally under control. Yeah, and then I don't know
1: if you noticed this, but something weird happened after this goal. So we started in that shape, right? The four, Mm. the four, one, two, two, one, whatever you want to call it, our usual shape. And Partey inverting from the right, and Timber was kind of holding the width more on the left. Havertz was playing the traditional granite jacker role where he he was switching out with Martinelli. Martinelli was coming inside. It was working really well. Declan Rice was playing that sixth role, and I thought Declan Rice was absolutely superb. Yeah. We changed yeah. after that goal, and we went to a three at the back. And we went to, basically, Jurian Timber played as the left centre-back. Saliba played in the middle. White played as the right centre-back. Then we made almost like a diamond in midfield. So Part A was at the base. Declan Rice moved to the left-hand side. Erdegaard stayed where he was on the right-hand side. And Havertz played almost like a number 10 with the wide players and Eddie. And I think this is where it started to go wrong. Because you started getting... Havertz started drifting out of the game completely. He was getting in Eddie's space. Eddie couldn't come back for the ball because Havertz was in the way. We lost a bit of the width. I thought we... Rice was playing on the edge of their box for... A lot of the game. And I, like I said, I thought Rice had a good game. I thought it blunted Erdegaard a bit because I thought it condensed all the spaces and not having Partey on that right hand side. I know he was inverting a lot, but he was still sticking to that side more. And not having Party there to make those triangles with with Saka and Erdegaard the way that the way that Ben White usually does. I really think that was the point where it started to where it started to go wrong when we changed that shape.
0: Yeah. Um I, I, I think it also probably points to the fact that Rice's best position is the six. That is his position. He's not right. I don't think anyone, he's not known for his goals. He's not known yet. He's known for his, um, you know, his athleticism. He can run up, he can be, he can do the box to box pretty well, but his six is his main thing. And I think when he was in that role, at the beginning, you really saw the best of him. He had a really good game throughout, I thought. But I thought the best of him was in that six. And this is where we've had this debate about party and Rice and how that, if six is his best position, that's not going to work. Um, I, I, I I don't know. I just think Arteta has this tendency, he's becoming more and more prevalent where he's overthinking things where he doesn't really need to because you look, you're winning the game 2-0, not that you take the foot off the gas, but you can continue it. What, 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 what's what's the, the need to change something where it doesn't really require it? Um, and I think, what, as you've spotted, it, it had a detrimental effect in the way that we were playing. We, we certainly also, I think, just started to have that issue which we've had for a while where we cannot capitalise when we're leading.
1: Well, it was too easy as well, wasn't it? This is what happened. At, yeah. this is similar to what happened at West Ham.
0: It was yeah. too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we should have learned by now that that's to to really start taking things. Look, it's at home. It's Forest. If you're gonna do it that way, you can probably get away with it like we did because it's Forest. But we didn't against West Ham, and we won't against teams, especially away from home, if we start playing like that. Um, and I think this is this is the part that I think. I know Arteta is experimenting and stuff, but you've got to be really careful, especially if you're winning the game at the way we're winning it and dominating the way we win it. Why change that? It doesn't make any sense.
1: No, I mean I'm guessing he wanted to try something out, but I think we can say that as an experiment, it didn't really mm. didn't really work. Um, and I think let's you know what, let's come on to Kai Havertz because there's Kai Havertz is a player that is going to split opinion, right? He's mm. always going to split opinion, and there's for me there's two different parts to Kai Havertz's game. He's pressing and he's off the ballwork. He's top class. Yeah, he's as good as I have seen. He yeah. smothers people. He wins the ball back high. He cuts off passing lanes. He tracks back when he was swapping with Martin Elliott, allowing Martin Elliott to go inside. So clever. I think he's. I think off the ball, he had a he had a fantastic game. On the ball. Was a different story. And it's funny because it's the complete opposite of what every. It's the complete opposite of the narrative, right? The narrative around Kai Havertz was, well, your midfield's going to be weak with Kai Havertz in it. You know, he, he's a ball, he's a, this ball player that's going to do this. To me, that's not what he is. He, he's not, he doesn't get the ball. He doesn't wow you with his skill. He doesn't get a ton of assists. He's off the ball work, is his main thing. And on the ball, I just don't think he impresses himself on games enough. I think he drifts through games and games happen to him rather than him imposing himself on a game. And there were a couple of times where a ball was laid to him and if he'd have moved to the ball, he would have taken it. But he stood back and waited for the ball to come to him and lost the ball. To be fair to me, he won it back again, but the momentum was lost. And I think that kind of that kind of sums him up a little bit. I think this is to me Arteta's biggest job with Kai Havertz is getting him to be more assertive and actually take control of the game rather than watching it happen around him.
0: He's is it, it's gonna be really interesting to see how this progresses because my view on Kai Havertz is and I've said it a few times I'm 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 on the fence. Um I, I really feel um I, I'm I obviously believe in what the manager sees in him. Uh, I can't you know he's he's earning the money it's not me but I, I am I I was never a big fan of Chelsea. I've said this before. I was a little bit miffed when we were in for him, but I'm behind it. I want to see how this works out. I think the, the issue that we're going to have with him is is exactly like, you know, you're coming in, you're, for a start, it has to be understood. You're coming in and replacing one of our best players last year, who's not here now, and did that role fantastically well. Right? And, an, and was, an
1: incredible fan favourite too. Let's be an, fair. Incredible in the fan favourite. That you didn't want to see go.
0: Incredible fan favourite. Did the number eight fantastic. Was up and box to box. Scored goals as well. You noticed him in a game, right? So you're coming in to fulfil that role, which is not a role which you're used to doing anyway. It's going to take a bit of time. So yes, for me, the jury is out on him. Um, but as I said, I think... I've got to give Arteta his knowledge, what he sees. I've got to just be behind that. So I think he's got a challenge with him. He's got a big challenge with him. But as you can see, you know, you can buy a Mason Mount like United have. We've still got the whole season left, but you can be also, you can see what's, what happened with him. It was like you didn't even see him in today's game. So I think it, it does take time for these players. It's going to take time for him, especially because he's not used to that role. So I don't want to go too hard on him, and I think what who you're replacing has to be factored in. You know, it's it, it's it's like uh, Eduardo coming in for when Henri left. You know, it's you're replacing someone who's who was just an absolute cult hero at the club and did was part of the reason we were so good last year.
1: Yeah, it it's going to be hard for Havertz because I think most of his. These- best work is the stuff that we generally don't see. You mm. you don't notice a lot of the off the ball stuff that he does. And yeah. that is kind of his, that is kind of his strength. And I'm, I'm learning this as we go along because he's not what I thought he was. Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I was the same as everyone else. I'm, I was expecting some silky footballer that didn't want to do the dirty work. And what we've actually got is someone that is quite happy to do the dirty work, but, isn't really at this moment in time forceful enough when he's got the ball. So it's almost the opposite of what I was expecting to get. But I did think when we were in that shape initially, I actually thought Havers was pretty good in that, in that first 35 minutes. I thought he was pretty good. And I think he got screwed a little bit by that change in shape. And I, I understand, I understand Arteta wanting to try it out, but when it didn't work, first of all, I think he should have changed it back when it didn't, when it didn't work because we started getting all that sterile possession and it really wasn't, really wasn't going anywhere. And secondly, like I said, and we may as well come on to this now the subs, the subs are an issue. The subs, they were an issue with Arteta last year, they were an issue the year before, and it looks like they're going to be an issue again. I just, I honestly, I think if Arteta could get away with never making a substitution, I think that's what he would do.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's a worry sometimes because. Uh, okay, I, I I my initial um my initial reaction was Timber should have been uh, off at half time. He should have just subbed him at half time. Why play the guy? It did look dodgy when I saw the saw the first the thing that which has probably caused this knee injury. So why not make the sub at half time? What and we're really two up was... in a
1: game that we're gonna yes.
0: win. Yes. Yes. So
1: it was you got Keith, you sitting there on the bench. Gabriel was on the bench, and even if you didn't want to put Tommy Gabriel Asu's on there. that early, Tommy Asu, who eventually came on for him, he's mm. there. So, why not just make the change?
0: Yeah, it's it's a really baffling one, but I think you've said it you know, earlier, that he is so inclined to make substitutions at half-time, unless we're being... Disinclined. Disinclined. My bad. Yeah. Uh, disinclined. You're absolutely right. Um... He's inclined um, not to make subs, I should say, right? There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but he's um, you, what? What I think is concerning um, is that. Well, apparently the doctor said he was fine, but so even I get that. so. But even exactly, so, it's opening day. Yes, two up at half yes, time. Yes, yes, you could see it, it was just even watching it. It was a little bit. Worrying, wasn't it, when you saw it? It's just the way he fell, the way he came back on. He wasn't really himself. So I'm like, you know, what have you? What what really is the loss here in a game against Forest, knowing that you've got a tough away game coming up? You're gonna have some, you know, might as well just let the guy. But I just think he has this tendency, and we see it with Saka a lot, where he just does not want to substitute players at any point. Certain players at any point at, at certain times um well look at you so... tonight,
1: pass. We sat there and watched that game, and i said mm-hmm. I said to everybody if if he don't take Martinez off half time, Martinez is going to be sent off right You can yeah. see it clear as day it was yeah. coming. he would have been off, and Ten Hag, who I don't believe in the way a lot of people do, but Ten Hag hooked him and threw on a far inferior player than what we would have been. Bring it on! Do you know what I mean? Like, like he doesn't even he doesn't even get in our squad. So mm. you know, if you're putting on if you're putting on Tommy or or Kivior, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So Ten Hag was proactive and he took him off before he got sent off.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll And that's how we it. I he I'll
1: tell you know he, he did. To be fair to me, he did take Ben White off in a similar scenario against United last year, and I was shocked when he did it, but he he did it. But I don't understand here why you don't are on the side of caution, and uh, you know, and we've got to be clear here as well. There's no guarantee that it would have made a blind bit of difference. That, that mm. you know, he may there may have been no further damage done at all in that first seven minutes, that second half. That it may have made no difference.
0: But why risk it? Yeah, it it it, it is just really baffling, um, and I, uh, I I just think that that this, hopefully this season, he, he starts getting this a little bit better at it because um, it, it's something that's been probably, if you're going to criticise him over the last few years, that is the area where I feel he suffers in, um, where the, the timings of the substitutes, sometimes the subs he actually makes. I, I just think he needs to be a lot better at it. And I think we saw an example of that in in the game just gone. And we
1: saw more examples than that. It clearly wasn't working in the second half. It was all down mm. sterile possession. We had the two Declan Rice efforts, the one that, that got pushed onto the post, and then he had the other one where he got the volley into the ground. Beyond mm. that, we had nothing in that second half. He didn't sub Trossard on until the 74th minute. And then his next sub was Gabriel on 87 minutes. He's used three of five subs. It just mm. it is baffling to me. You know, it mm. wasn't working. So... Make the subs. Just bring some players on. Partey was dead. He was he was out on his feet. And let's let's go on to their goal because their goal. Partey gets caught. He can't get back. Is he's, he's Saka trying to get back in Partey's place because he physically cannot get back? At that which
0: is point. which is normal of, of, of Partey. Of course It, is. it was gone in the what did the they score at eighty
1: like something minute? Like yeah.
0: of,
1: of, of of course it is. Partey not a 90-minute player. We know this. And you're playing him as an inverted right-back before he even went into midfield. Yeah. So, obviously, he should not have lasted the game. We had enough players on that bench for him not to. Even if he'd have brought Kivior at half-time it would or, or Tommy Asu, you still can bring the other one on. Gabriel was still sitting there on a the bench. It made no sense, the subs there. Who,
0: who, um, was it Was it Partey that alanga span? Was it?
1: Was it Partey? No, no. It, I think it was Saka because oh, was Partey Saka. hadn't got back, so Saka had to get back in, try and okay. get back in in Partey's place. And then a minute after Partey got caught again, it wasn't actually that different to what happened in the Charity Shield when Partey this, this is what I was going to refer to all the way yeah. up, all the way up the pitch. The same thing happened here. He just got caught all the way, all up the field, and couldn't get back. Yeah. He has to yeah. use the subs better. He has to use the subs better. It's the one thing I love Artel. My one complaint with him is that he has to use them subs better.
0: He has to, especially now with the squad that we have. Um, you know, you, you probably could have seen Smith Rowe maybe come on. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it sometimes, and it is worrying, and it affects games, and it could be the difference between winning a game and losing one or drawing one. So. Um, I hope there is some learning from it. And I, you know, we'll be previewing that game, but going into the next game, it's an away game. You can't be too experimental for these ones. The palace and these type of teams, you're playing them away. You've got to really be, you know, strong on what your lineup's gonna be and not experiment with with things that you've not used before or don't know if that's gonna work. So Hopefully, um, he's. I'd rather these things happen at the very beginning of the season than we're, we're talking about this come April or March.
1: For sure. The other thing that, um, that I want to talk about is Ben White's inability to take a throw-on and get the ball back in play. <laughs> he actually got booked, and he got booked for time-wasting. Ben White wasn't time-wasting. This is how Ben White takes throw-ons. I don't know if the movement isn't there, but he cannot get the ball in play, I, I pointed this out to you what a year ago. He, yeah, he just he can't get the ball in play. He stands there with a the ball in his hands, and he just can't see where to throw it to. Surely, there's they've got to try and devise some way to get that ball out of his hands and back in play.
0: Yeah, it's um, I I I will be honest, I did not study that as much as you have. So, but I I take your word for but it. Throw ons are a pet peeve I'm, I'm now think. gonna study it now. It goes, I'm gonna, <laughs> Well, I remember, Bellerin, you had a lot with Bayer in, remember? Yeah, and, and before that,
1: I think I saw Freddie Lundberg take four throw-ons, and I think they were all foul throws. He yeah. used it when he'd try and throw it in quick every time, and it's one well, of my pet peeves when I used I know, to watch the Lee.
0: I know it's Lee Dixon's because every time he's on and... and... As uh, someone does a foul throw, he says they should be dots two it, weeks' wages. It's, it's it drives
1: me nuts. And it's every it doesn't yeah. usually get called. It was only Bellerin that ever got called for it, and I don't know why. But but you see him in you see foul throws in every game. But Ben mm-hmm. White, he just he just doesn't seem to be able to get the ball back in play. He stands there, <laughs> he looks. That booking, he wasn't intentionally time wasted and he took no more time over that than he would in the second minute. He it just is a crap throw. He just can't get the ball. He just can't get it in play. He just stands there with it in his hands. Mm. It is a really, really bizarre thing watching watching him try and get a ball because we don't have the problem from the other side. Timber was getting the ball in just fine it just mm. seems to be from that from that right hand side, and i don't mm. know I don't know what it is about that
0: yeah
1: um yeah, so that was i mean it's a good three points it's a good way to start the season i think we we expected it um was hoping for more. I think I predicted six. We didn't quite we didn't quite get there. I was maybe a little bit too well, optimistic. Predicted three nil. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were a lot you were a lot closer than me. But mm. overall, I mean, three points is three points, right?
0: Yeah, it is. And you know, if you if you want to put it into a little bit of context, um, you know, of course you always concentrate on ourselves, but if you look at all the other opening games besides Newcastle. Um, I don't think... And, you know, Man City, yes, they did look pretty impressive. But it wasn't as if Burnley were were poor. They gave them... They just cracked in front of goal. Um, but I, I wouldn't say anyone besides those two set the world on light. Um, Man United were awful today. In fact, it was one of the worst performances. I mean, any of those top six teams, that was by far the worst I'd seen. Um, but, you know, opening game of the season, we talked about it historically... Last season, obviously, we started well, but historically, we've never really been, we, we haven't, we, it's been a dodgy, our opening game. So, well, even the Invincible season, we started with a
1: 2-1 win at home over Everton.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, y- it takes a little, you know, you've got to click in, you've got to get fitness up to scratch. Um, we, we had Zinchenko out, obviously, as we know, and we did not have Jesus uh, I, I do feel it's it, it's not, no alarm bells for me, really. You, we got the win. That's all that matters. And I didn't think the performance was anything like some of the other teams that we saw during the weekend. So um, I, 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 I wouldn't go away with that, with taking anything other than, OK, it's the opening game of the season. That's all. So
1: would you say your star man was on the day, Martinelli?
0: Yeah, Martinelli was, I thought he's just, um, he's nailed that left-sided role. He's just so energetic. He's always wanting the ball. He's one of these wingers you love because he always wants to attack, goes for it all the time. He's becoming a lot better with the ball, and I I think his defensive work is outstanding. I also thought Rice had a really good game as well. I thought he he was better in the first half, like you said. It's not his fault that he was pushed up further, but I think he was all over. He was everywhere in that game. He was composed on the ball, Um, but yeah, those two were the big standouts for me.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree. I was going to say that I I thought Rice had a very good game as well, but I, I I think Martinelli was the was the standard he's just so energetic, he just makes stuff happen. Like he's so he direct and he just makes he just makes things happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you were you were never a big fan of him, but you know, if you compare it to like a Haleb or someone like that, where they would always like cut back and then you know, or Nazri. there was always this way of the, but yeah. Martin is refreshing because there's always a direct approach. Well, that's, that was goal. the goal,
1: right? That's what I was saying. When he got that yeah. back, he, he looked back to go inside. And was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to beat my man on yeah. the outside, and that's what he did. Two of them there. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go.
0: You love it, that traditional winger that just goes for it, and um, that's what I love about him a lot. He's a very, very positive player. Um, but I can't go on those how much he he helps defensively, and I love that about him as well.
1: Yeah, I mean that might be needed <laughs> moving forward, but we'll, we'll get into that in uh, we'll get into that in part yeah. two. So. All right, mate. Well that's the game covered. So we'll come back in part two and talk about the uh talk about the other stuff. You good with that? Sounds good. Okay, mate. See you after the break. Wait. Yeah. Hey guys, just a couple of quick half-time messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz, and Juz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back into the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. Pass, I think the the big thing from the weekend, obviously, other than the three points, is the injury to Timber. Um, it's looking like a full rupture of the ACL. Probably not going to see him again this season. Uh, that is a massive blow for him and for us.
0: Yeah man, I'm I was so gutted about that. Honestly, I I was really well, I don't know, you don't even need me to explain it. I think you can hear my um my um previous podcast of how and Justin as well, how excited I was about him and and and, and I thought I was I, I thought I didn't see anything that was uh was suggesting otherwise by his early performances pre-season and even um, that game itself. It's just it's just so uh upsetting when it's they only their first game and he's back in you're excited to see a new signing and then something as re- crazy as that is um yeah it 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 doesn't look good. Um I mean they're saying something like it could be six, could be eight months. Obviously you have to think about fitness, getting them up to fitness. So you you definitely a big chunk of the season at least. Um but it's 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 pretty um pretty sad stuff and it's quite weird this weekend of how many i mean over over the last you know how many acls have um been um been giving way i mean you had ming's and then you had um militao and and now obviously timbers one i was hoping it would yeah courtois
1: courtois than- acl win
0: yeah 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 it's um it's quite worrying, isn't it? And there could be, you know, this thing about what we're talking about—many minutes being played. There's an argument about that. Um, well, we've been kind um, of
1: non-stop, haven't we? I mean, nineteen twenty—the season obviously stopped in March, went on. We we basically went straight. We, you know, they had an impromptu six to eight weeks off, which wasn't really six to eight weeks off because no one knew when they were going to start playing again. So they didn't really have any break then. Then we went straight into the next season. After that, we had the Euros that had been delayed for a year. So then we go straight from the Euros into the next season with a World Cup in the middle of it. We didn't finish playing until June last year. And we're playing again. Like, you're going to see this stuff happen when it's just an insane amount of football with no break. This is Basically, every player in the world is how Alexis was between 2012 and 2016.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... uh look at um what was for farmers also for Farners that was an acl as well
1: yeah but acl as well and that's i mean he just he's broken down time and time again yeah he has you know that could just be a thing where he's you know an an ox thing where the body just can't take it
0: yeah yeah it's it's just um it's just really disheartening you know especially when you you know i'm gonna definitely uh Definitely my signing of the season uh, won't be him now, unfortunately. Uh, but um, it's, I, I just, uh, I hope he just has a speedy recovery. He seems like a top guy. And um, I think he's, uh, he, he was just came into our team as if he'd been there for years. That's what I loved about it. it. Just right in, put in a position which is not his natural position, played it well, seems to be a great character to have around, positive, everything. So, yeah, I just hope he gets a speedy recovery.
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate for him because he bedded in well, and really? he was going to be an important part of this team. You know, he was ah, going to play primary, a lot yeah. of games. He was going to play a lot of games at both fullback positions. He was there was going to be a lot of football for him this year. You know, he'd already he'd he'd, he'd been here two months and he'd already worked himself into Zinjenko's primary backup, on, like you said on his weaker side. So it's yeah. it's a real real shame for him being a young player. And then obviously we got um, Euros next summer too, so he's you know, it's yeah, and, um, gonna you make know, the squad for that.
0: Euros, and then for us, the Champions League now, and, you know, what's worrying me is now we have the same defence we had last season, and part of the reason he was brought in was that cover for Saliba, or for, as we've seen, Zinchenko, and, and, and not just, no offence to the guy, but not just Tomiyasu cover, we're talking about real quality cover. Um, like, more or less the same level, close to as close as you can get to those players, and I, I just feel for us as a team now, it it puts us in a situation which we he was there to eradicate that situation, and now we're back to it. So um, yeah, it's just, it's 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 really disheartening, um, and of course for him the Euros next year, I think he'd be all right for that, but yeah, we'll have to see what they say. I think they're gonna give a a definite. Uh, answer and a diagnosis I think over the next few days um, it, i guess theres, there's you see it 's quite um intricate ligament um like there could be the molliscus could be also damaged as well it depends how how big the tear is, what grade it is. all of these factors are going to play, but we we 're going to have to know we, we're, we're going what is unequivocal is that he is definitely out for months that 's i think unequivocal. And such a
1: shame, like you said, we 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 just found brilliant cover for a player that isn't that yes. reliable, and now we're we're back to where we were again. I mean, we're maybe a little bit stronger because Kiviori is bedded in now. Yeah, year. he's not a new guy. As it stands at this second, Tommy Asu is still fit, um, but obviously, you know, you you can't rely on that. But you, there's been nothing to show that that's going to continue to be the case. Zinchenko is in full training. I was actually surprised he didn't make the bench at the weekend because he was in all the training photos. So at this point, we don't really know what's up with him. We have no idea if he's going to be available for next Monday or not.
0: Could, it could be to be to my hunches, or based on what I've seen, um, if you think about it, he hardly had any uh, preseason. He no. didn't play any five games. Minutes. Yeah, so I think it's more fitness. That's what my hunch is. And I think that's the right decision to make. You've got Nottingham Forest at home. We were talking about uh, not risking Timber in the second half. I think not putting Zinchenko in a squad at all, having a game, anything to just preserve him for trickier away games, Man United coming up, I'm all for, especially now more than ever before. But so... If it means it's just him regaining fitness, but I'm pretty sure if it's just a fitness thing, he'll be available, Palace. Because it's next Monday, isn't it? So we've got more. Yeah, we than get a... the
1: extra couple of days. You get the extra yeah. 48 hours, right? So that Yeah, is
0: a, exactly. Yeah, that is a exactly. good thing. And
1: let's see, he was training last week. He was in all the pitches. So he, he's got to be close if he's not there. And yeah, it has to be. Has to know, be. And, and we know that if Zinchenko's fit, Zinchenko starts, right? It doesn't it doesn't matter who else is here or there. Yeah, Zinchenko's and I, fit Zinchenko starts.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think Timber was going to replace Ben White and the way Ben White's been playing at, at this moment no, I, I think I'm I think man.
1: had we gone into next Monday with everybody fit, I mean Timber would obviously have started and Zinchenko would have come off the bench because he's had no minutes. Yeah. All things being equal, if everybody was up to speed and fit, Timber would have been the one on the bench. But what a player to have on the bench. This is
0: the thing. And I think it gives us a more, it would give us a more privileged position that we don't have to risk Zinchenko every single game. We don't have to risk him in certain cup games. Um, But I think, I I think it goes to your point about Kivio. I'm quite optimistic about him. I think he's a good, skillful player. He's very highly rated in the Polish national team and, and in Poland. And I, I think we're gonna see a better better player with him. He's very tidy. He's also someone you can see that Arteta um likes in, in the way that he plays. Um and I don't think it impacts our transfer plans in terms of um set, getting rid of selling Tierney and holding. I don't think it makes a difference. If no, I don't anything,
1: think it makes a difference to I don't think it makes a difference to that. Um I don't think that's no, gonna change. No, I know, no. It's funny you said it because I was gonna say to you. Would you? And I, I don't want to preview the Palace game, so I'm not interested in what you think Arteta would do or, or, or won't do. Would you prefer to see Kivior there over Tommy Assu, or would you rather see Tommy Assu start
0: at left back? That's a, yeah, that's a good question because I'll be honest with you. I think I, I'm on the Kivior side. I'm with it as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to go hard on Tommy Assu. He's been out for a while, Um, so yeah, I'm not. Yeah, 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 for sure. And he's a good
1: player. I like Tommy Asu.
0: Yeah, I, cool. I think he's he definitely part of our squad, an important player, part of our squad, I'd prefer him probably at right-back anyway. Um, I think, yes, that Liverpool game always stands out where he came on when he was at left-back and he he handles Salah very well. But I think Kivio seems the type of... He's more left-sided anyway. Um, and um, I think can do a better job in terms of inverting himself in that, you know, maybe a little bit more inverted in the role than Tommy Yasu. So, um yeah, i I'll, I'll probably have Kivio. I'd
1: probably have Kivio. Yeah, I, I think I would do you think there's any chance we but go into the theory, market? But you had a theory,
0: didn't you? I Did do, you but that's for, the, yeah. that's for the that's for the palace. That's for
1: later. I, yeah. It's just uh, for the palace game. I just got a feeling Okay. Uh, I just got a feeling about what he's gonna do for the Palace game, but we'll do that later in the week.
0: Okay, that's um,
1: good. But um do you think there's any chance we go into the market for uh for a, a left back yeah. or someone to play there?
0: I was thinking that. I think it would depend on how long Timber's out, because I think if he's and out... And players have got
1: to go, right? Like, like unless Tierney and Holden are gone, I don't see how we can do it.
0: Yeah. Now, th- they got to go. And that's why I was saying, I think, actually, I was about to say that, I think it actually intensifies our desire to get rid of both of them, to sell both of them, because I think we might look for someone. It will be dependent, I think, on how long Timber's out. If he's out for more than eight months... Uh, And we're talking for most of the season, then we've got to be thinking about that. Um, Now, it doesn't have to be a a player of his price tag, but can be a lone player. I I don't think, you know, I think I know we were in for Fred Nader, who I've seen pretty, um, pretty kind of uh, ideal for what is looking for. He's a right
1: back different. though, so I'm thinking more, more. We like can play left, Connie. Left, he play left. I I haven't seen him do it. I'm not saying he can't because I I don't know enough. I've not seen right. him. Do it. But he's primarily a primarily a right back. And I think if you're going to buy someone, to me, I think I would go for a left back. I think my my thing is the same as pretty much what you're saying is, you know, what do you do? We can't go spending 50 million on one. No. And even if we could, who would there who would there be?
0: that's the problem so you know you're maybe looking at a loan deal for someone or um you know uh, some uh, a, a, a young player um that yeah. has um, you know it's going to be I, I think but i, I think, think most likely do, option
1: is just we just go with what we've got right
0: now that that's where i think it depends on the injury because i think if he's injured for 6 months yeah then you go with what you've got you you're not it's not too much. I think if he's risked for the whole season and you sell Holding and you sell Tierney, I, I think there's a possibility we bring in some, some cover.
1: That's one to watch for sure because I don't it think is, Arteta yeah. is going to be... You know, I think we went into Saturday with Arteta pretty happy with this squad, right? Like, I think he was quite content with the squad. I'm sure he'd like to add one or two more. David Raya was in the ground on Saturday. Um, I'm guessing he got in without the ticket chaos fiasco. <laughs> but, uh, David Rye was in the, was in the ground. Quite funny. He once. was stuck
0: in the the big uh, in big, the queue yeah. outside.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that you know that one's evidence. So that one's basically that one's basically done. But the the one today, I don't know if you saw this, but at about three o'clock, I guess it was. There was a couple of weird little things that came out on Reddit and on Twitter mm. that um someone had said. Arsenal have been very surprised at how slow it's been in getting their players out. They expected more interest in Holding. They expected more interest in Tierney. They expected more interest in Laconga. They expected Balogun to be gone by now. And they didn't say that they were panicking, but they were a little bit concerned that these players hadn't gone. Don't be surprised if you see a shock sale. Not 20 minutes later, a report comes out Saying that Saudi Arabia have made contact with Gabriel Magalesh's people, um, I personally, I think now we definitely won't let Gabriel go. But I, I mean, I would hate to see Gabriel go. I mean, they come in and give you one hundred and fifty million. Of course, you know you can't sell him, but I would, I would hate to see Gabriel go, and I, I don't see, I don't see it happening. Um, what, what do you make of that?
0: It's an interesting one. I, I would say along with what you're saying if they if they come in with an absurd amount of money uh, i would find i think we'd find it hard to turn that down um but you, you have to have a replacement in mind you know gabriel's not an easy defender to replace he's been he's been fundamental to our defense over the last few seasons uh he's still young um so it, it will be dependent but i I could see it as a possibility if the fee is high enough. Um, I mean, there's
1: no suggestion that he he'd even entertain the move. By the way, I, I want to make that, that clear. That's the only thing true. that was said is that they have made contact with his representatives. There's nothing else been been said at this point. Um, I I but, just think, we, especially with this injury to Timber, I think I think it would be pretty
0: nuts. To it would it be nuts. nuts, but I think it, it you know goes to a deeper point of what was mentioned there. It is surprising. Well. I think me and you have already said Tierney and holding. I think the esteem that Arsenal fans hold Tierney in especially is a little bit more, I think, based on his character and his personality more than his actual ability. Um, I've had, I've had debates with Arsenal fans and they've said that I'm being harsh on him and stuff like that. But I, I just feel for what we're looking for, and what a team needs, he's not that. Now,
1: well, if he was pass, if he was, he'd be gone by now. That, that, as That's simple the point. as that. He would that's be gone. The point. I just seen today that Newcastle have opened talks with Chelsea for Cuccarella. Newcastle see, I,
0: were not. I saw, both, though. I saw both. I saw both. I saw Cookerella.
1: I saw that some a, a journalist up there had linked him again with Tierney on loan.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing. It's like the sociodad. Why are we getting loan offers again? It has to be not option to buy. It has to be to buy. Uh, you know, um, obligation to buy. It has to be. Uh, I don't, I just find it baffling. Their loan offers, holding are getting 2 million offers from Besiktas or whoever it was. So I get it. And Balogun, well, Balogun's partly our fault as well because we are holding out for a much higher amount. So you can't, we can't be surprised by a player that's played in Liga. And let's be honest, like you've already mentioned, Lacazette, scored more goals than him in that division. So I think people are reading between. But I think Balogun goes. I think I'm hearing a lot of rumors Monaco are gonna Monaco, come yeah. back in. And I think if they're close to that 50 million euro tag that we have on him, it should just sell him. I think yeah, I think we're
1: bosses. gonna I think we're gonna sell him. I'm not sure it gets close to that 50 million tag, to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. But I think I think we will sell him it's it's another one then we're gonna hang on and hang on and hang on. Until we have to. But the problem with Balogun is that, you know, we're looking at all these stupid fees this summer, right? We're looking at all these massive fees. But it's all the same clubs that are paying them, right? It's either Saudi Arabia, it's us, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Newcastle, Liverpool. They are the clubs with the money. If Balogun... West Ham now as well. Yeah, West Ham have got plenty of it. But this is what I mean. If those are not the clubs in for Balogun, if the clubs in for Balogun are Monaco and their Inter Milan and their AC Milan and their, you know, teams like that, we're not going to get that sort of money out of them because they just don't have it. It's not, they're not like the Premier League clubs that are going out and splashing all this cash.
0: Yeah, and and uh, that that's the worrying side of it, the teams that are being linked to him. Whenever I see a team from Italy, I just think this is going to be an absolute waste of time. It's gonna be with the amount of you know, if you think about the Terrera deal and all of that, it's all a waste of time if it's an Italian club. The only uh, Monaco, I could maybe see it. I can see it. I think that they have got the money, they're in the same division that he went on loan to, so they know what his capabilities are. So he's playing in the same, he is proven in that league. So it does make sense. And I don't think they're they're sh- they're low on cash, they will have whether to get that 50 million is a big is is obviously debatable now within our division i could see a west ham go for him absolutely could um i could see even a brighton brighton picking him up although they do have Ferguson. they do have that jao pedro um and wolbeck wolbeck yeah uh,
1: Welbeck's Wellbeck. their star
0: yeah yeah even though Ferguson was absolutely outstanding when he came on like i said he would be but um he um the uh i i, I I, I, you're right. I think the pool is small. It's small even in the Premier League because we all know who the cash-rich clubs are. Although to be fair, though, on a counter argument, his wages won't be that high. No, he's. If you look at the striker pool at the moment, it's low. If you think of how how much strikers are going for in general, he's actually not at a bad price. So I could still see a, a newly promoted club maybe coming in, but it. A Premier Club, remember a Premier League club does earn well, so I could still see one of the newly promoted teams, a Brighton, as I said. Um, you know, Everton. I mean, they need a bloody striker.
1: Yeah. And so, well, one team who it won't be is a team that were linked to him last week, and it kind of gathered up pace this one. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but Tottenham have been linked to him. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just one hundred and fifty million. I, there. I don't. I just don't see that. Even at fifty million, I don't see that happening.
0: Well, I mean, look, they did get. Uh, okay, who did they get? Who they got directly from? Adabayor wasn't directly from us. That was actually. Um, didn't they get um, Bentley? Didn't Bentley come? No, from Bentley us?
1: went. Bentley was via Blackburn. Um, I think Rowan Ricketts. Might have gone directly. Oh, wow. okay. They're <laughs> all free. Tra- it was a free transfer. It was So it's never been any.
0: Started. It's never been any one. Of, we've
1: gone the but, other way, haven't we? Because we we had Pat Jennings off of them. We had Willie Young off of them. So we've taken a few off of them. Obviously, sold that, them, again. That yeah. was on a free. Um, um, but I don't know if anyone has gone the other way direct. I would have to check that. There's no one in my memory. I think same- I'm pretty sure Rowan Ricketts did go directly from us to them. But it was it was out of contract thing. We didn't sell him there.
0: If they came for a forty-five million pound bid or fifty million bid for Balogun, Arsenal would. St- I, I think they'd still sell him to Spurs. Do you? I, I don't think they would. You don't I think th- so? No, I don't. I don't think.
1: I don't think. It's a, Maybe they're I not viewing them as competition. Be, well, no, I don't think they do. I don't think they do view him as competition. But I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is if he goes there and hits thirty goals, I mm. think you've caused yourself more of an issue mm. than by turning down an extra ten million and just sending look Monaco's. Monaco's where you're going to go. But of course, he might want to stay in the Premier League. That's the other thing here. You know, we're yeah. talking about we, you know, sell him here, sell him there. This ain't the NFL. He gets a choice.
0: the The thing The thing is that we don't help ourselves in the value of these players because he's been frozen out completely. He's not even played a game in preseason. I know there was uh, there's there's talk of him having a bit of an injury at some point, but he hasn't really. When he was available, he was hardly playing. He's frozen out at the moment in the first team, and yet we're slapping on a price tag for someone. It kind of is a bit, you know. I don't think every, unless it's Saudi Arabia, these clubs aren't stupid. They're going to look at that and think, well. You know you don't even need him in your team. You're not even using him in any entity and you're asking us to pay 50 million euros for it, it's, it or 50 million pounds or whatever it is they're asking for. So I, I don't think we're helping ourselves in this matter either by 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 freezing him out completely like that. If he had maybe a sub-appearance or get something under his belt, then maybe have more of an argument. But it's a tough one when you have these players not even in the squad, not even in the team at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, completely... Ostracised, like, like completely ostracised, and no then way expecting... in the world he's getting any game time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you're expecting big fees. It's, yeah, it's it's a difficult one to get. I think.
1: Yeah, it is. It is tough when you're when you're not using someone because they're unwanted. So the ticket in fiasco pass. So the club went to an all digital format. They told everyone to be early. Of course it doesn't work like that. It's a 1230 kickoff, which is not really the game that you want to introduce it for. Personally, I don't know why they didn't just push it back a week um or, or a couple of weeks. This was clearly not the day not the game to do it, but it wasn't that big a surprise to see the chaos that unfolded.
0: Yeah, um, I I didn't, to be honest, I didn't read too much about it, but was it a collapse of the systems? It seems uh, like be, the system it, that, went it just down. wasn't working, right? Yeah, it, it seems
1: like the system crashed and went down. I think basically it got overloaded. The people who went early, like early, early, you were there by kind of between 11 and 11.30, they were all fine. The right. people that got there after 12, it seems like there was, you know, you know what it's like at football, you're always going to get 15 minutes before kickoff is when most people get in the ground. And I think they had a lot of people who didn't know what they were doing. They had a lot of people, because you know what it's like. Remember when we went to that Inter-Miami game, mate, and you didn't and you uh, didn't have your ticket downloaded into your Apple wallet? Yeah. And you can't yeah. use screenshots anymore because these are all dynamic tickets. Yeah. I think we had some of that going on. A lot of our season ticket holders are obviously older. They probably weren't that up with a system. Mm. And then it seems like the system itself failed, and they did the very IT thing. Um, I wish Justin was here to run us through how you turn something <laughs> off, count to 10, and turn it back on again.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, 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 looked, it looked like a bit of a mess. Um, and I saw the big queues outside. Um, were they still letting people in, but in a manual process, in a way, or looking at the barcode or something So like
1: that? I can only go by what I've heard from people who were actually... There, I've got some texts from mates who were trying to who were trying to get in um, about our was because none of my mates are early to anything, so it was mm. they were always going to be the ones stuck outside. I could have told you that, um, but they was one of them said that basically what what they started doing was they were just sh- you're supposed to scan your phone at the turnstile, right, and then the turnstile automatically lets you in. They were basically overriding the turnstiles. And people were just flashing their phone at them. They weren't even checking. They just saw that it kind of looked like a ticket on the phone and were just letting them through the gate. But see, this is a problem for some people too, because there's that thing now where you can only miss a certain amount of games on your ticket, right? Or you lose it. So a season ticket, if, if you don't go to at least, I don't know, 15 games or whatever it is, you lose it. So a lot of these people who have been through the, through the turnstiles without scanning their things, they're saying, well, does that, does that count? as one i mean for most people it's not going to matter but for some people that could that could matter i've got a mate who does um i've got a mate who wasn't there he does a ticket share with someone right so he lives in ireland and he goes over to about half the games and then he's got two mates who basically share out the other games between them and they take it in turns and his mate was one of the ones who just basically flashed his phone and they let him through and he said their ticket gets used every week, so it don't matter. But if you weren't someone that used it every week, you might lose that as one of your credits to the games you've been yeah,
0: to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then that would be a bit of a problem. And how? what What do you do to prove it?
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, my, my guess is because of the fiasco, they're probably literally just going to mark every season ticket right as attended. Off, for that yeah. game, I don't see any any other way you can do it. But this was so predictable. And I, I do wonder how much of this, and I've said this to you before, we built the Emirates at exactly the wrong time. Exactly the wrong time. Like, we literally finished that building three years before the iPhone. It, it, technology moved on so quick in the next five mm. years after we built that stadium that it looks like an old stadium already. And I mean, I guess really it's it's what? It's nearly 20 years old now. It's 17 years old. So but I think we we just got that. We the timing of it just didn't work. It it we do got you, fucked already. Uh,
0: from a from a technological side, yeah, but do you think from a financial side it did work? No, because
1: we got absolutely fucking clattered with a property crash, didn't we? We mm. we redeveloped hybrid and then two thousand eight everything crashed. So yeah. we got hammered with we got hammered with, with that as well. So we were just it, it couldn't we couldn't have chosen a worse time really, to, to build a new stadium. Um, I know the cost of everything has soared since, so I'm sure it would have been more expensive to build it now. Mm. But we also wouldn't have lost our arse on the hybrid flats the way we did. Yeah. And it's just, you know, we just got unlucky. I mean, that, and, and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's anything to do with that, but I do wonder if the infrastructure in that stadium just isn't really equipped
0: for this. It's it's very possible, and it is crazy when you think about it. It's nearly twenty years that Well, the North that Bank roof easy. leaks, right? We've all
1: seen the picture okay. of the North Bank, the the mm-hmm. water pouring through the through the roof of the North Bank whenever it rains. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's still they did a lot to it over the summer, but there's still a lot that needs doing to that stadium to bring yeah. it up. And you know, we think of it as a new stadium. Me and you think of it as a new stadium because we obviously, you know, we 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 grew up in we grew up in Highbury, but to a lot of fans now, it's the only stadium they've ever known. It's, it's been for
0: a long time. What's a newer stadium besides Spurs to, to ours then? Um, in the who League? was built
1: after that? So obviously West Ham's free stadium, that was built yeah, after
0: ours. Man line. City's
1: free stadium, that was built Was Man City's
0: after ours. Ex- wasn't Man City's just main road? It was, or it did was the, build? No, no, it's a new one. They built it for the Commonwealth Games.
1: It was oh. built for the Commonwealth Games. It was the city of Manchester Stadium in, for the Commonwealth Games. And then Man City uh-huh. took it over after the Commonwealth after the Commonwealth Games in 2010, I want to say. Um, right. Okay. So they, they, like took over, they took it over. They took it over. And there's quite a few there's quite a few newer stadiums. I mean, obviously a lot of the older ones are still there, um, but it just seems whenever we try to do anything like this, it it just it goes it goes wrong. And I think that perfect that perfect storm of opening day of the season, 12:30 kickoff. You also had the England's women's game on at the same time. And I think it was the perfect storm. And basically this fiasco was kind of just waiting to happen. And lo and behold, it did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's um, from what I'm hearing, it was a, it was a bit of a mess. And uh, I, when I, when I switched on the TV, cause uh at that, uh, what was it, 7.30 kickoff. I was like, did I get the time wrong? I was like, I could have had an extra... Like, I, I thought I'd got something wrong with the time. I was like, I'm to have got an extra half an hour sleep or an hour sleep, and then I realised it was actually delayed because of that. I saw the queues outside. I must have been horrendous to, uh, to deal with that. Um, but well, at was, one point, I wondered if the game was going to go ahead. Do you remember
1: Leeds last year when we had that long delay because the refs mics weren't working, you remember that we got the we yes, got the yeah, by about four yeah, or forty-five yeah. minutes after that, and I just wondered if there was a point where they were just going to call the damn thing off.
0: How did it get back running? Did it just was it? Was they it literally. literally just...
1: I wasn't joking. They turned it off and turned it on again. Oh, <laughs> that is what they did. They turned, someone flicks a massive. I bet it was a massive switch, Amazing. right? Huge handle, massive switch, pulled it down. All the power went out, count to 10, turn it back on, everything comes
0: on. And then it all worked. And okay. it all,
1: it all. I mean, that's what they say. Never I lets know, you down, does it? I know that plenty of people got in without scanning tickets. I know that for a fact because I know people mm-hmm. who, who did get in without scanning tickets. Um, so that they're saying that basically it, can't, it was just a minor glitch and it came back online. I don't know, but I, I'm telling you now, I've been in crushes outside of football grounds I remember after the um, after the one one in 88-89 with Liverpool um, in in the December, there was the official attendance that day was like fifty six thousand. Uh, I'm telling you, there was a lot more than that there. And we were coming out. Me and my granddad were coming out, and we used to come at our entrance to the our entrance to the to the west End was the same as the north bank entrance, right? So it was on that corner, and we come out there, and my feet were not touching the ground. I was being carried out with a crowd because i was only what 11 10 i was no i might even have been nine at the time and i was being carried along my feet went on the ground and the guy behind me was pushing the guy in front of me to basically make it so that i had a little bit of room to to breathe um and that was fucking five months before hillsborough do you know what i mean like that at yeah. the time it's funny um after hillsborough it didn't seem to didn't seem so funny but they're lucky that that it wasn't worse outside the ground because they're saying there were 35,000 people outside the ground pushing to get in their turnstiles. And that could have been...
0: And you know you you know what could be worrying as well is that you could get opportunists that could just, you know, try and go in and uh, take well, look advantage at the, of look that at the situation. Look at England in the Euros. Look at the Euro final. Some of the most yeah.
1: disgraceful behaviour you've seen from people without tickets.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or even trying to enter the stadium. That's what I mean. And then yeah. you have a real problem because then you have the overpopulated stadium. Yeah, yeah, and you
1: can't. And, and they obviously ain't carrying out proper checks, right? No. So anyone's no, walking so in, they're not. They're not checking what anyone's carrying in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it was. It, it's a fiasco, and hopefully they they get it sorted for for next time because you don't want to you don't want to see that again. But there've been. There's been a lot of grumblings about about that side of the club over the summer. I don't know if you've read a lot of this, but there's a new girl in charge of all this stuff in the ticketing and hospitality and stuff. And um, they've screwed the Ashburton Army out of a lot of tickets.
0: I heard about that. And, I did hear about that. Yeah, and
1: it's it's not gone which down is, which is well. Which
0: is really, you know... It, it, that is your atmosphere, isn't it? Having it, those it the, is. And you know, and I'm those. not
1: blaming that for the lack of atmosphere on Saturday because I actually thought the atmosphere in the first half was really good. Mm. Um and the atmosphere died as the game died. I think we went 2-0 up, it was so easy that I think everyone just kind of forgot where they were. And mm. and you know, and we've seen it before when we've had good teams and you go up like that early, everyone just relaxes a little bit and the place gets a little bit quiet. And I think that's what happened on Saturday. But it definitely doesn't help that they've you know, them boys should have got more tickets, not less.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I I you know, these are this is your core fan base. These are your your ultras, so to speak. You this what you want to embrace in your club, you know, as long as well, they're not we not saw it during happen, COVID. like Lazio or something, but you know, it, it's i just don't I just think that's is it where they cut it in favour of Corporate or for hospitality, or no, what? just for more tickets going into a general ballot. You see, there's an argument that your average fan that is not, um, that, that does not have the capabilities of going to every game because they're behind in the queue, It gives them a little bit more of an opportunity. But I think it shouldn't be at the expense of the uh Ashburton army, though. Well, look, what we learned during COVID is that football is quite shit
1: without fans and without an atmosphere
0: hundred percent
1: right that's what we learned during covid if we didn't yeah. know it before we we know it now we we watched it during covid i remember in in fever pitch actually in nick hornby's book he says in there when he's and, and i mean that book was what 1990 91 um and he says in that book about when the price is rising at that point and he said he hopes that the people in charge of football realize that as well as going to as well as going to watch Paul Merson, people also go to watch the people who watch Paul Merson. And I, I think yeah. that's that's something that to this day is very apt. They've priced a lot of people out of it. The average age of season ticket holders is getting older and older and older, basically rising by one one year per year because people aren't giving them up. But also we're at the point where how does a twenty one year old afford these ticket prices? I couldn't have afforded that at twenty one.
0: But also what we've seen over the last, you know, last season as well as like a renaissance in our fan base, a renaissance yeah. of, you know, of of atmosphere, of, you know, real kind of um, attachment to the club. Well, look, out, we, look how the
1: fans reacted last year every time we went a goal down and we conceded a lot of goals at home yeah. last year and every one of them was greeted with a roar.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think when you start just... Chipping away at that part of it, that's when you get this lull that we've had at the Emirates at the beginning of when we when we first went there, where there was always this this stigma. Such when such hard to
1: work point. done right, yeah, with that. because the Emirates it, it never felt like home. It never felt like home. It no. felt like it, you know they put the banners up and that didn't do the trick. They put the signage up that didn't do the trick. It it really has taken, like we said, the best part of twenty years to get to where we're at now, and that inclusivity was, you know, it was the it was the bold and and people around the club reaching out to the fans with mm. you know with the artwork around and getting the Ashburton Army together in in you know in
0: that block. That's
1: what caused it all. So to then destroy it. Just doesn't make any sense. And to it, me.
0: is that a new concept with the season tickets? That if you don't go to X amount of games, you get. Yeah,
1: it you... started a couple of years because like so the that's Apple's a good been incentive empty for a long, long time. That that's right? a really good thing. It is. It is. It's you absolutely. Know. If you don't use your CD, you should have it stripped. We've got a long way Absolutely. There's absolutely. plenty of people who will take that ticket, and that is absolutely true. Because you know what? If it's not being used, the odds are they're bu- they're buying it to sell it. So I have no mm. problem with it. With them taking them off, that is absolutely fine with me. But I I just think you you need to look after the fans. That you need to look after the fans that create the atmosphere. You need. To you really to do. Yeah, them, especially
0: especially considering where we're at now and where we've come to. So yeah. It, it, that that's imperative.
1: Yeah, agreed. Well, hopefully that's another situation that gets sorted out. Although I'm not as optimistic on that one because there does seem to be a a rift between uh, between them boys and the club, and I don't know I don't know how it gets how it gets sorted. Um, so we will mm. see how that comes out.
0: On on another note, I know we don't have a lot of time, but uh, just wanted to go uh, back to something that was posted today by yours truly, Patrick Vieira's debut. I yes. remember it vividly because I was there as well, like you. And I have to agree with your comment earlier today about it being just... It was like we'd had this void, which we did, actually, in that midfield. It was one of the biggest problems we had for quite a few years. The minute he came on... And we were losing at half-time, I think, 1-0? Yep. Or we were 1-1? It was it 1-1. 0 or 1-1? 1-1. 1-1. When he, when 1-1. 1-1. Yeah, We went on one four, one didn't he? And it was like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, what is that's, this that's, what,
1: that's what I said. It looked like an alien with superpowers yeah. had been dropped down from the sky and put into our midfield. I've never seen anything. I've never seen a debut like that, ever. In my life, I've never seen yeah. a debut like that. And it's funny, a mate of mine from school, um, a Sheffield Wednesday fan from Sheffield was there that night in the away end. And we went into school the next day and we were in English together. And he come in and he said to me, we watched the Champions Of next year last night he said you you are going to win the league next year and that was off the back of patrick Vieira. yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so uh, for those
1: who for those who didn't see our uh who, who didn't see our twitter feed today um go check us out at the nn pod but basically patrick Vieira signed uh on this day in 1996 so that's that's what started all that off but um yeah phenomenal absolutely phenomenal
0: yeah amazing amazing what was it 3.5 million something ridiculous Four,
1: like that 4.5 i think it was 4.5. the biggest the biggest steal of uh the biggest steal unbelievable
0: of, right. unbelievable so.
1: yeah right mate well thank you for tonight yes mate uh, well, nice well, one uh, catch up towards the end of the week hopefully justin will be with us towards the end of the week um and we'll uh we'll we'll preview the palace game
0: sounds good mate thank
1: right, you, mate, you thank you everybody good night take care